So we've got a request for all you Gravity Lift listeners out there. Yeah, we need some support. Yeah, can we... Uh, can we get a little love? Okay, so the easiest way to do that, head to iTunes, pull up the Gravity Lift podcast. There'll be three little dots in the corner. Click on that and hit subscribe. That's the first thing. And then once you're subscribed, take it a step further. Go on and give us a really phenomenal rating. If you don't want to give us a five stars, that's totally fine. But we're always open to feedback. So any type of rating and subscription helps to bump us up in feeds. More people get exposure, not only to the messages that we're trying to get out there, but all of the awesome guests that we've had on the show. So do it. Do it. Now. Pretty please. Thanks. Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. You ready to go deep? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you down low? Uh, I love that our conversation today uh, started off with, as most things are, with the aesthetic, with the outer layer of hair, of makeup, of the what is your career, what does your path look like? And uh, our conversation with Michelle went a little bit deeper than that. We talked about her passion projects, um, trilogy, and... Um, invest attention and invest attention some really great organizations that she is involved with in the seattle area and um it definitely led to some post uh post taping conversations between you and i yeah we kind of delved into some of the topics of kind of my responsibility as a white male in the music industry and beyond. Yeah, I think that it can be a really challenging conversation. And I love that you and I get to have our little talks and sometimes we record them and sometimes we don't. But I feel like in the end, um, we've learned how to really communicate with each other about the things that we find are important and not in a judgmental way of like, I want you to see this and care just as much as I do and more of a let's um, just try to be good listeners and try to learn and grow from each other's experiences and point of view and um, I think that's a lot of what her organizations are trying to do and and I loved hearing a little bit more about it from her words because I've been following a little bit on social media, but it is different when when you start to dip your toe into the water of like, oh, yeah, this is this is something that needs to happen. Yeah. And knowing that it's happening in the world that we invest so much of our lives in, mm-hmm. in the nightlife world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think she had some great stuff to say and there seemed like a couple of great organizations that we We'll most likely be partnering with in some yeah, way, shape, or form in the future. Definitely. And she's just such a loving, caring, compassionate human being. And, and, and I love that she you know, mentioned that she's drawn to the hair and makeup side of the industry as far as less about just trying to pretty things up and more about 
Um, taking that time to really be close to somebody and connect with them and help bring them to a place where they feel good about themselves and seeing that trickle through to all everything that she's touching is it's magical and it's really inspiring. I, I know that you and I have talked about how there's so many causes, right, from clean water to the environment to uh, making sure that we have safe spaces within the Seattle nightlife scene. Like there's a lot of things that we want to uh, focus our time and energy towards and um, figuring out how to do that in a way that is authentic and that really speaks to to um, to your heart is is a tri- tricky thing to navigate but I know that just by showing up sometimes just by showing up to the events or sharing the events is sometimes that's just perfect nice yeah. all right well on to Michelle yeah when I was listening to your intro this morning, I was like, oh, this is like really nice. <laughs> yeah. It's the real deal. I'm, it's the I'm, real deal. We like, I wanted to have someone make that and we like looked into doing it on Fiverr and a bunch of different stuff. And I was like, screw it. I'm just going to make it myself. Do yeah. it. And it. It worked out. Yeah. Sometimes when you do it on your own, it's just like, you know, you can get it exactly the way you want it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so one thing we love to ask is what people's safe word is. And it does. And I know that, that, that look for sure. The safe word is there because if we ask you a question that you either don't want to answer or like you can't answer for some reason, and it's just an easy way to be like, here's my word. If I say it, let's just skip over that. Okay. I don't know why this popped into my head, but it was pineapple. Yes. <laughs> you might be the third or fourth person to pick pineapple. Or more. Or more. That's the highest for sure. <laughs> we should have a tally board somewhere. Yeah, we should have a safe word tally. Yeah. So the thing is, is almost always fruit. We've had maybe one or two that wasn't, or food related. Yeah. And then had, and then a lot of it's fruit and then almost like the high majority had like is pineapple. avocado and chocolate and i think one person was spaghetti mm-hmm. or something mom's spaghetti mom yeah. that's probably why <laughs> <laughs> you know what generation we're dealing with oh god <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> okay so pineapple pineapple not that we're gonna necessarily go down any treacherous routes but sometimes you know. you sometimes know. it's good yeah. to get a little personal to yeah. try yeah. to pull some stuff out and for so sure if there's ever something you're like eh, i'm good <laughs> i'm pretty i feel like i'm a fairly open book yeah cool. so yeah. you made the trek here did I you did. you did a, a drive and a ferry a drive and a, and a ferry which i'm i'm pretty used to like just commuting back and forth living on the other side of the water people are always like oh like so you live in like Bellevue? I'm like, no, not that side of the water. <laughs> like actually across the water. And like, so where are you? I'm in Paulsville right now. So I think that's is Paulsville the one right past? Do they have a lot right of RVs past? there? Oh, just like, <laughs> <laughs> Paulsville RV. We're sponsored by Paulsville <laughs> RV. You know, when I was growing up, there was definitely like a whole strip down like the main drag, like Viking Way, where mm. there was like this Viking like Paulsville RV. Yeah. Um, but I think I remember probably about 10 years ago, I was driving down the street and I just saw this man in a lawn chair with a huge sign sitting outside of Pulsville RV and it said something to the extent of Pulsville RV screwed me over and he was like right in front of their business (laughs) on the sidewalk, which is public. So they couldn't really get rid of him. And he literally camped there for months. Wow. Every day. And then I think it finally scared enough people away that they just... 
They just crazy because that was like an icon. Like I just yeah, remember TV commercials, commercials in, yeah. ingrained in my brain of poles. I mean, that's the only thing that people equate poles with too that haven't really been there, right? <laughs> so is that right past Bainbridge? It is. Like if you so, so if you go to Bainbridge, Sunshine just moved. Oh, nice. Now we have two reasons we need to get our butts out there for sure. Actually, I mean, Kitsap is you know, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's quieter. Yeah. But it has its little perks. We're down with quiet out here in Redmond. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not as quiet, I'm sure, but like we feel secluded in our little spot. Oh, yeah. Nice. I mean, growing up out there, I felt like there's definitely not a lot to do. Your mind starts to kind of like wander and, you know, you it's get good, a little, though. you get, to, you get to be a little more creative. And I didn't necessarily fit into any, any particular like click or group. I kind of floated around as like, you know, friends with the jocks and the nerds and the drama drama geeks for sure. I was definitely a big drama person. But same. Yeah. I mean there's really not much to do out there other than like go to the movies or go hang out at the mall after school or just like go back into the woods and smoke weed. You know? <laughs> so have you stayed there the the whole time or did you go um, back? Yeah. So after like right after I graduated high school, I was like I'm out of here. Yeah. I need to move to the city. Like, I, I had already done Running Start, so I was going to Seattle Central up on Capitol Hill since I was 16. Um, and so it wasn't that much of a transition for me. I probably should have waited a little longer to move out. <laughs> it's just, like, reality. Like, you turn 18 and then reality hits you, right? <laughs> so yeah. Like, You're like, oh, how am I going to afford this? Yeah. So I, I moved into this really just shitty old house on Capitol Hill, 18 years old, like, fresh, like, wide-eyed, like, yeah, I'm doing this. And, like, my roommate ended up being this, like, random girl that I kind of knew in high school but didn't know that well. She told me this, like, crazy story about how she was, like, homeless in Oregon for, like, Portland for, like, six months and had finally gotten back to Seattle and she was trying to, like, move into a house. And so I was like, why not? Yeah, let's (laughs) Let's do it. Let's go for it. So I ended up, yeah, moving into this, like, room and... old college house with like three like you know 20 something year old dudes living upstairs <laughs> you're like i'm doing it i'm, I'm on my own for it yeah. right so yeah so i lived in seattle for probably about a good six years a year in renton which i kind of count as like a, a, a null year really <laughs> that year doesn't exist that year doesn't exist yeah but yeah i, I eventually moved back um just because being a single mom in the city is not always the easiest thing to do. And so after I broke up with my daughter's dad, it was just kind of like I tried to spend a few years on Capitol Hill. And it, you just get priced out of things, and li- especially as a freelance artist, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you never, you don't know when your next check is coming, necessarily. So I just, you know, I did the tail between my legs, go back home to my parents, and, you know. I but I actually ended up working out for me like really great just in general just being back home and having a little more of a balance in my life yeah it's too bad there's that stigma I'm I'm hoping to change it we have a lot of conversations regarding that since Bailey's 19 and Jackson's 16 and Bailey's kind of been not sad but this like bleak concept of I don't think I can ever move out and mm. and we're not necessarily encouraging that but we're also saying that's okay like right. when you when you're ready and when you feel like you have a good foundation underneath you we support you in that but we're also totally fine with you being here for a while like, exactly as I long feel as like- you're 
being productive and you're working towards independence. I, I think the expectation of independence at 18, 19, 20 is kind of crazy. It is. And I, I feel like in a lot of other cultures, there's a more like familiar, like a familial kind of understanding where, you know, you might not move out until you get married or, mm-hmm. or, you know, find a partner and then you start your own family. And then it's kind of just like this cycle, especially, you know, like in, you know, Latin cultures or like, you right. know, especially where, you know, a whole four, four or five generations might live in one house together. Exactly. And that's like, it's not a big deal. Whereas I feel like maybe in more westernized culture, you feel like the need to be independent and mm-hmm. like, you know, right off the bat, like, once you graduate high school, you need to like start your life and have wonder, your shit together. And <laughs> I wonder how new that is. Yeah, like if it's just like our the generation right before us, or I guess our parents or like their parents, because it seems like it's probably a pretty new thing. Right, just considering how our world is, and from I don't know reading things online, which probably is just you know a <laughs> lot of people talking. There's a lot of noise, um, but it seems like a generation above us was just kind of like, oh, we were able to do this. And so therefore we expect you to be able to do this. It was like I think the economy a- was good. Like it was, you were like things were growing mm-hmm. and it was like easy to move around and get a job at a young age and get a job where you can work for 35 years and right. get your retirement and be successful. I think it partially depends with how far away you are from the initial immigrant struggle. So yeah. like mm-hmm. how far removed you are. If your parents, like my parents are first generation, then you look at that. And and I mean, if you go to Italy and see my family, it's the same thing. Like if anything, the grandmas, the nonnas are offended if you're paying somebody to watch your kid while you're at work. Like mm-hmm. that's her job. Like why would you take that job away? Um, and same thing with the aunties and the uncles. Like it's just this community right. driven parenting for which sure can be i mean really it takes hard. a village that's where it yeah. comes from yeah. but it can be hard because as a mama bear you tend to want to say well this is how i'm going to raise my kid and if you're not going to go by these rules then i don't want you to be around my kid but mm. like ultimately is really right <laughs> i mean i definitely have that struggle too yeah like, especially living back home you almost moving back in was a struggle especially for the first year or two just because there is that kind of it's not a divide, but there's almost kind of like, you almost feel like the child again. Mm-hmm. When I'm just like, you know, I definitely, I had my daughter at 19. I'm young, but at the same time, it's like you're when you're moving back in and then you have different disciplinary, uh, you know, habits and things like that where you might not necessarily vibe mm-hmm. with how my parents discipline me. Mm-hmm. And so it's just kind of like, where do I find that balance of just like saying, hey, let me parent my child. And, you know, if I need help, I'll ask for it without being offensive. Because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, like, they want to help. And I totally appreciate and understand that. But at the same time, it's kind of like, you can't, you know, like, my parenting style might be different than yours and how you raised me. And my expectations might be different, you know, especially, like, Definitely. growing up in a more, like, not traditional family where like my parents expect me to go to college and my dad's always like, when are you going to get a real job? (laughs) This is my real job. You know, I'm an artist. I, you know, I kind of have a more like free freelance lifestyle and I enjoy it. And it's like for him being more like rigid, like, you know, nine to five Monday through Friday type job that he's had for 30 plus years. He doesn't really understand that. 
And like for me to be like, you know, gone for a few days at a time if I'm off on a job or a shoot and having to come home and just kind of like in and out, like that's not something that he understands. And he's just like, you should be home for your daughter. Well, I'm just like, well, I chose this freelance lifestyle so I can pick and choose my schedule so I can be around for her more. Yeah, ultimately, you're around for her much more than you would if you were commuting and doing a nine to five or let's be realistic, eight to six. For sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel that. Yeah, Jordan, you have a very similar, <laughs> very similar. Yeah, um, but that's kind of where I wonder if it's just like this older generation that like almost like the picture in my mind is like Woodstock of them being <laughs> like, we're the counterculture, like we're going to go be different. Yeah. And then they kind of like started something different and then they expect us to follow that same path. But we're like, we're we're craving that familial bond again. It's mm-hmm. like their generation, in my feeling, like they pulled away from that familial bond and was like, we can do it on our own. And mm. then now we're sitting here like, but I I want to live by you. Mm-hmm. I want like to be a part Support, of a family and yeah. have a group. Because I think that's something that our country is missing a lot of. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, it's how far removed from the immigrant mentality are you? And- I don't know, it's easy to look at another culture or something and say, oh, they're happier or they have it more figured out. But I mean, being in a small, close knit family is the most human thing possible. For sure. Like it's the core of who we are is to have this community. So I think a lot of people are feeling lost in that, especially in a world of social media nonsense. Absolutely. I feel like you'll really crave you really crave that connection um especially when like you said living in like this social media generation it can be so disconnecting sometimes like you know I feel like I know so many people online that I interact with but in real life like I can count my close friends on one hand Mm -hmm. and so it's just kind of that disconnect of where you're craving more connection and wanting to go in depth with people that are really just very surface level like you know on social media and so it's hard it's it's hard sometimes to find that connection mm-hmm. it's like we've been trained to just focus on the surface level yeah like how many likes did i get today on my post and mm-hmm. it's just kind of like does it really matter though yeah well and that's part of why people are quick to blame social media on depression levels but i i think it's more so that people are lacking in true connection and community and maybe they have a fractured family life which a lot of us do and they haven't figured out how to find their friend family they haven't figured out how to find their Mm -hmm. family within their community if maybe they have estranged parents or you know maybe they've passed and 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 it's easy to feel like you're supposed to do it all on your own and have this independence and not need the support. And I'm a strong, independent woman. And I can have a career and I can have a kid and I can do it all on my own. And it's like, sure, you can, but do you have to? Do you need to? Is is there a way that you can reach out and have support? Right. And um, I know that we... It's a big part of why we have the podcast now is that we have so much fun doing this freelance life and picking the jobs that we're really excited about and connecting with people in the music industry and the yoga world. But then it always feels like a little surface level. Mm -hmm. Like we're on our way in. Someone else is on their way out. The music's really loud. Mm -hmm. 
time is limited. Someone else comes in to join the conversation. You have to glance at your phone because your kid's texting. Like whatever the distraction is, it feels like uh, conversations, true conversations are scarce. Yes. So that's where we start to go, hey, like we'll be – it's not like we're like exactly scouting, but sort of like whenever we're out in a social setting or even for <laughs> work, whether it's yoga or music, we'll kind of like look at each other and like point to somebody like, hey, that'd be somebody. <laughs> let's talk. Let's see if they want to come on the podcast. Like just somebody that just kind of has that little, the little extra that we're curious about. And then we want to sit down and have conversations with. And so I'm really happy you're here. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Because I got me. to connect with you when you did my fantastic hair and makeup <laughs> for the wedding, which I'm still so grateful for i look at pictures and i'm just floored yeah those photos turn out like can you just wake up to me every morning and do my hair and makeup please (laughs) please (laughs) Please so So the cool thing that's kind of happened since i saw you last is bailey my oldest has started cosmetology school oh that's awesome how exciting yeah she's like really excited and as I mentioned earlier she's been in this sort of funk the last couple years of feeling like she didn't really have a path and um, doing community college but just still being like this isn't my thing and then a good friend of mine who's actually also in the wedding said why don't why doesn't she look into this like she's Mm -hmm. always had such a great sense of style and she just kind of not like judges our hair and makeup but is very quick to be like I mean she's very quick to be like are you going out you're going out tonight right and I'll be like yeah and she's like okay can we let's go let's work on this are you sure you're wanting to go out like that yeah she's really good at like knowing what we should wear or she's always ahead of the game with styles and she does hair and makeup in a way that fits me she doesn't try to make me look like something she saw on youtube although she loves the youtube tutorials so she just started the school and she gets her ass up every morning and goes and it's like a but it's a self-driven school so you there you don't have to be there on these days between these times like when you show up you're logging your time and it's that's um, super nice like a it's basically um I should have you go check it out. I should. It's <laughs> like a, actually sounds it's really cool. Very cool. It, when you walk in and you think you're walking into a salon. Hmm. So it's an actual salon, but when you look at the prices, you're like, oh, this is quite a bit cheaper than a salon. Oh yeah. But it's because everyone is in there as a student. So they have the back area where they're working on mannequins and doing their book studies, and then the front area is where they're working with customers from the beginning That's with, dope. with the have help that of their leader. Experience and like yeah. So know she's what you're doing. loving it and I'm really excited for her. And so when she gets a little further along the route, I need you guys to chat about all the opportunities and cool oh, things sure. you've because I kind of know since I watch on social media and I've given her some ideas of what you've been up to, but it'd be mm-hmm. cool for you guys to sit down and chat. Yeah, for sure. I mean my my freelance journey has definitely been interesting over the last ten years and didn't think I would honestly, I didn't think I'd be doing it for this long, but I really enjoy the creativity and freedom in my job. And yeah, how'd you get into it? Um, doing hair and makeup. Um, I, growing up, I was always kind of like I would make like those paper dolls and like draw, you know, them in all kinds of fashionable clothing and things like that. And um, once I got a little older into middle school and high school, theater became a really big part of my life and performing arts. I always thought I was going to be an actress and never thought I'd actually end up behind the camera. But um, it's, yeah, so through theater, I started um, just reaching out and getting more creative. And, you know, I was always the one costuming people and doing their hair and makeup for plays. And I ended up getting an internship um, in Seattle at a local theater. And I did some costuming for like a little fringe theater on Capitol Hill. And through that, 
I um, got on my first short film set um, as a costume assistant. And from there, I met um, a lady that was doing hair and makeup. And I was just kind of like, you know, this is something that I'm also interested in. I've done, you know, some photo shoots before. And she was just like, yeah, sure. Like, if I have anything come up, like, that you might be interested in, I'll throw them your way. And from there, just kind of grew. Um, just kept building my portfolio, did a lot of test shoots with people, just a lot of a lot of free work to start with, which mm-hmm. was also something that my dad definitely struggled with is just kind of like, <laughs> why are you doing all this free work? You know, you should be getting paid. And I'm just like, well, you know, I'm just trying to build my portfolio so I can can actually have something to present mm-hmm. when I, um, you know, when I do want to get like a paying job. And from there, you know, it just started to grow. And I did bridal for a really long time and got burnt out on that. And and then there was a time that I did stop and didn't really do as much makeup work just because I lost my passion in it. Because I feel like when you do something too much and it becomes this like, oh, I have to go to work every day and I have to do this and that. And you get a little tired and jaded. Mm -hmm. And so I had to take a step back and kind of try to find my passion for it again. Because I think that there's there's definitely a few different types of artists like there's a lot of people that could wake up every day and do a full face and just like be super glam and I'm just not that person honestly if I can wake up and just roll out of bed and not put anything on (laughs) that would be my ideal but I do actually have to look like I can do my job Mm. (laughs) (laughs) um and so it's for me doing makeup is not so much the the superficial or material aspect of it. I think it's a lot of like being able to connect with somebody and trying to not so like, you know, a lot of people have insecurities about their features or certain things and trying to bring out like the beauty in somebody and trying to show somebody that they are beautiful and you know, that their features are unique or whatever it may be. It's kind of like really interesting to see that transformation happen like in front of me where somebody may like maybe like oh like you know good luck with my face like you know I have like this that and whatever and I'm just like no like you're you should see how beautiful you are and like let me let me help you what is your sign I'm a Gemini oh interesting because I, I Bailey's a cancer and for her it was her answer to me is very similar to what you said and so I was curious if it was a sign thing but she's said that because when you meet Bailey, she's not particularly done up or anything. A lot of times she's just rolling out of the house pretty pretty basic. Mm-hmm. But she loves to help other people feel really good about themselves. And, you know, whether it's just the little touch of something right. that makes them go, oh, yeah, that does, I, I do look really good or I do feel better and... Um, it's that nurturing aspect yeah it is that mama mama bear like I think it is like kind of gratifying aspect Mm -hmm. of it of Mm -hmm. just being able to like take care of somebody and make them feel good like that that is definitely probably the best part of what I do Mm -hmm. do you like doing weddings or is that (laughs) I bet it's hard it is hard it's stressful because like for me I'm a more of an empath so I'll take on whatever somebody else might be feeling whether it's stress or whatever and I, I try to like I've definitely had a lot of people comment and say that I was more of like a calming force mm-hmm. for them like in the time of their stress like especially doing weddings where it can be very stressful yeah there's a lot going on people are yelling crying or whatever it may be and you know like somebody's trying to keep you on schedule and um it, I think Weddings are fun, but I think there's a time and place in my life when <laughs> when I did that. And I feel like um, for me now, 
my work has definitely turned into like trying to pursue like in the, especially in the last year trying to pursue more creative outlets and passions because um probably my bread and butter 90 percent of what I do is corporate or commercial things for Amazon or mm-hmm. Microsoft like I was on a Starbucks shoot for two days like this week and it's not necessarily creatively gratifying but it does pay the bills mm-hmm. and so whenever I get a chance to do something more creative and you know do a fantastic like 70s glam like glitter look or something like that and get into the studio and just throw paint on somebody that's that's something that I really enjoyed yeah so what other type of stuff then have you dabbled with because when we first met that was through artist transportation yeah back in the day <laughs> for sure <laughs> wait were you doing artist transportation yeah. oh no yeah. Way. yeah i remember there was something you needed to go back to some place i don't know if it was your spot in capitol hill um and i remember you were like asking someone if you needed like that you needed a ride um and i volunteered and i remember at first you were very like uh <laughs> I don't know this dude. I've never <laughs> met this guy other than today. And, and I, he's, you're going to drive me like solo back to my place. And I remember you were like super hesitant at first. And then like in the car, you were like super quiet. And then we got to the end and I was like, all right, bye. And then I saw this like thing click in your head of like, oh, he's actually a sweet guy. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So I think that was kind of my delve into more of the nightlife and festival industry was kind of when... I did take a break from uh, my regular hair and makeup job. Just like I had been, oh gosh, how long ago was that? Probably like five, six years ago now. I Probably five, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, been newly single, like single mama living on Capitol Hill by herself. And, you know, I think I finally ended up going out and, you know, meeting some random nightlife people one night. Um and I was just kind of like looking for a job, you know, just like, and so I I think I just met Sean Majors or something at that point. And I was just like, hey, I reached out to him. He's like, hey, I'm looking for a job. And he's like, yeah, you can be a hostess at Q. And so from there, um, I just ended up meeting a whole bunch of other nightlife people. And one way or another, I got connected with like Jason and Christy at USC. And I was just like, you know, totally interested in, you know, doing whatever and trying new things and so I started doing artist transfo and artist relations stuff and so that was like a good solid two or three years of doing that for festivals I think Paradisa was my first festival that I worked artist transfo for wow (laughs) which is that's a haul it was a haul driving I never had driven out to the gorge before I was so nervous (laughs) I don't even remember who I was driving that first year um but it must have been like manufactured superstars or something like that. Because that was, that was great for me because as someone who was like into the nightlife world to suddenly be able to have face-to-face conversations with high-level artists and know how to be professional in right. that. And I think that was super helpful for me coming from this kid of like, oh, I love your music to yeah. being like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, they're just people and they want to just have conversations yeah. they don't want yeah. you to and for me I didn't really like when I first started I didn't really know who half these people <laughs> were so I was just yeah. kind of like oh hey there's a little Asian girl driving a huge like <laughs> Chevy SUV <laughs> like let me take you to your show <laughs> super funny like, I, I feel like it kind of just like definitely eased the tension for some people because like a lot of artists can definitely be a little more like not um I don't know, shy, but they can be a little like, you know, 
off put it by like certain people or certain personalities just because i'm sure there's a lot of people in their face all the time mm-hmm. yeah and the best way i think about it too is like uber like yeah. people always talk about uber now since it's so popular and they're like either a someone will talk to me way too much <laughs> yes. or b it'll be this super awkward like random trying to have a conversation but it's like super weird and so I feel like it's very similar to that of like trying to figure out how do I play this line of like does this person want to talk do they want the radio or do they want silence did you see the uber menu yeah picture this week I was thinking about fantastic I think uh Elio posted it okay a few people I that's not where I saw it but yeah I think it's just floating around right now but it's some guy who has a menu in his uber and you just check off the option you want and so one is i mean obviously i'm gonna butcher it but one's like basically the the idea of talking your face off another one's like i won't say anything but i'll just stare at you through the rearview mirror <laughs> and it was like all these great options so i think that's honestly a really smart i idea. think that's awesome i would appreciate that, that yeah. give that idea to christy and jason just like <laughs> have a little piece of paper you check off which one you want yeah. and hand it back to the front exactly i that's super funny and smart i think i, I honestly because you do get in certain ubers and you're yeah. just like might not necessarily want to have a conversation like maybe i'm hungover <laughs> like <laughs> or you know like maybe i'm tired or i have something to focus on like and then this person is just trying to have this full on like get into your like the whole backstory of your life <laughs> i was in a 6 a.m uber um going to capitol hill for an interview and he talked the entire time and i thought i was going to go insane and it was so early for me that i couldn't even find the words to tell him that i did not want to speak so i just sat there and did some sort of a facebook post on like the fastest way to get a bad review for me as an uber driver is talking my face off at 6 a.m when i'm on the way to an interview and that was like one of the posts i've done that just blew up every person was like am i right like what the fuck why do they do that and it's like oh okay i'm not the only one that's kind of a bitch (laughs) sometimes you can try too hard to get a five star a little bit and it means you get less I'm just not a I'm not an early bird. If it had been six PM I might have been a little bit more chat chatty, yeah. but for sure. Do you find that with makeup that like if you try too hard sometimes things get a little crazy versus just like you said, letting features play? Yeah, I mean I feel like it definitely like for me growing up I wasn't the most eloquent person. <laughs> so <laughs> getting like being really like doing somebody's makeup you can get very intimate with them very quickly because i'm literally inches from your face and so (laughs) it's just kind of like there are moments of awkward silence where you're just kind of like you know so how's your day (laughs) (laughs) am i supposed to talk right now yeah and, and but you know i think as I've grown in my profession. I've kind of eased up a little bit and not really given myself that expectation of like, oh, I need to have this conversation with this person. I just need to go and do my job and be mm-hmm. friendly and personable. And I, I've gotten pretty decent at reading people and, you know, certain different personalities. And so it's just kind of like going with the flow more than trying to force anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of just works for life in general. <laughs> Yeah, right. For sure. Just let it be natural. Yeah. So are you still in the music world at all or the nightlife world? I I I see you out. I am in a way. I definitely, now that I've kind of moved back across to my parents and I've been living at home, I'm right now I'm about three months from finishing um, my bachelor's degree from marketing. Um, Congrats. Thank you. Um, And so I I did take a break, which is probably good for me in the whole work-life balance. I think there was a certain time when 
I didn't always have that balance of, you know, like maybe I went out a little too much and didn't really focus career-wise on things. And so um, I I try to be in nightlife more, but I feel like I've kind of sunk back into the background and really had some introspection into like, okay, why, what do I really enjoy about this? And why am I, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, sometimes I go out, like my friends might invite me out sometimes and I'm like in the middle of a club and music is blaring and people are drunk all around me. And I'm just like, why am I here right now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I, I definitely still have some fingers and things like, um, my trilogy project has kind of grown into like a, a whole entire bigger entity yeah, tell in us general. more about that. What it, what is it? How did it start? Yeah, so with trilogy, um, probably founded was founded about three years ago um, with just a group of girlfriends. Um, uh, this girl Mia and uh, my friend Sylvia um, kind of just wanted this idea of how how can we get people to think about their community and get active in. Um, community work and just more like social impact um, type things, especially younger people, um, and really make them aware of like what's going on in their community. How can you help others that might be in need? And so we wanted this kind of party for a purpose type event. Um, And so we threw it all together and we're just like, okay, let's just throw a party for a charity. Um, I think our first one was for um, for schools is like September. So it was like, let's, you know, let's get people to donate to like some arts organizations and schools and throw a party in, in a warehouse. And, you know, it ended up being really great and successful. And, and from there, it kind of grew into um, this kind of big arts and music entity. We started interviewing people in different aspects of like nightlife as well as like community service type activities and yeah and from now from then until now um we've definitely done a lot of really awesome things I've worked with um youth care quite a bit um working with homeless youth and more marginalized communities and seeing where we can help with that and um so we did like this uh feed where we'd went into the Orion Center brought in a whole bunch of musicians and then also brought in um a local like a really good local chef, Chef Mel um, from Musing, and she cooked a meal for the kids. Um, and then we had like live music, and it was just like, it was kind of really fun, different event for them. And then we also helped with the youth care prom, which they do every year for, um, for the homeless teens that don't necessarily get to go to a prom and like, you know, get to glam them up a little bit and give them, like, you know, make them feel like they're part of a community. Nice. Um, so from there, Trilogy is actually now part of a larger organization called Invest Attention, which was founded by um, my good friend Justice. Um, and he basically wanted to create an organization that raised awareness and wanted to create um, more safer, inclusive, and diverse nightlife and entertainment communities. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot on the conversation, especially in the Seattle scene right now, for safety and inclusivity and just in in general with, you know, even things that happen with foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, how can we make nightlife safer? How can we make sure that people feel included and don't feel alienated in the situation? Like, you can walk into... We want to make sure that people can walk into any club or venue and feel safe and know that they're not going to get antagonized or you know, sexualized or whatever it may be. Um, 
and so that's kind of our goal right now is trying to ke- create more awareness and create a community of really diverse, like creative, thoughtful people. Do you have any places that you think right now are doing really well with that? That's a good question. Um, I feel like, you know, especially the smaller communities of clubs, I mean, I think they all, man, <laughs> I'm trying to think. That's all right. Maybe maybe no one's quite there yet. It's maybe, a work in progress. I, there's definitely a lot of people yeah. that we've reached out to because we do provide like, um, we do pre- provide like diversity and, and inclusive training, especially cool. for um, like sexual bias and uh, motivated violence training. Mm-hmm. So trying to get into that like um, bystander intervention and things like that is like, what do you do when you're in a situation where you might see somebody being harassed, whether it be for their race or for their sexuality or, you know, whatever it may be? How do you intervene? How do you make it safe? And and how do you like maybe distract from the situation or whatever it may be. And so I think that if we can get that training into a lot of the bigger venues in Seattle. Um, I did not know that was happening and I really, really appreciate it. We had this <laughs> conversation time and time again. Um, also just in respect to being a woman going out in the nightlife industry. And there was a time where he was out of town and I went to support a friend that was playing and lost track of the amount of times that I was hit on. And the first couple of times were fine and I dealt with it but it got to a point where I felt really really uncomfortable uncomfortable being there and it was a challenge because when I did post about it a lot of the responses were well why did you go alone why didn't you go with friends exactly. and I'm like I don't I know tons of guys who go to clubs all the time on their own they don't, that should be fine right we should be able to and I think a lot of it is just educating really great guys like Jordan who are around who see something but they're not quite sure how or if they're supposed to intervene and and how to support the situation so I love that you guys are doing that yeah and so we do provide that kind of individual training as well as like we want to um we want to be able to get into the bigger venues like um we're in talks with some you know other bigger organizations that maybe I won't name at the right now, but um, you can we're, pineapple we're, it and yeah, save it for after. We're trying to um, we're trying to get in so we can certify venues mm-hmm. and you know bigger groups that may throw parties in Seattle and say that when you walk into a certain place, this is a safe place. The staff are trained and the management is trained because I feel like a lot of it is this problem with this. It's, it's just perpetuated by you know like maybe the management doesn't know necessarily know what to do or even mm-hmm. aware of what is happening in, inside of their own venues and so having that awareness and being able to being able to like circumvent certain situations that may arise whether it be with your staff or with mm-hmm. the patrons in your venues I think that it can just create a safer situation for everybody involved because it's it's true like it takes a community of people to be able to not just throw a great event, but also make sure that everybody in that event is feeling safe and welcome. Mm-hmm. And you can put up signs of inclusion, but there's something about saying like this club has been through training mm-hmm. and then maybe people who have felt intimidated or scared to go into that space right. will feel like they can give it a try. Right. Because I mean, I remember one time I walked into Tia Luz when it was still open and I saw a sign on a wall that said, 
please don't touch the girls in line, <laughs> you know? And it's like, that's not really a comforting feeling. Right. <laughs> You're like, like, and I'm going to leave. <laughs> and so, it, it, you know, there's definitely been situations where I've walked into clubs and seen something go down or have been, you know, like maybe the target of someone maybe being a little sexually aggressive or whatever it may be. And you want to be able to go to a staff or security member and say, hey, this person's bothering me and not just have it be brushed off mm-hmm. and be like, oh, they're just drunk or whatever it may be. Like, actually, maybe you should go talk to this person and see what their ac- intentions are. Mm-hmm. And just make clear of what the what the etiquette, not even the etiquette, the rules. Yeah. This is the rules of our establishment. You can either respect all bodies within this space and not touch them <laughs> or you can go like, yeah, yeah i think that it's very I think clear that education part is really important though too mm-hmm. on the management level because i think it's easy to either a brush it off and say they're drunk or b kick them out yeah but like does kicking them out really teach them anything or does that end up them just walking outside being like well fuck those guys yeah like so i think having that level of like i guess it could be like some form of like nonviolent communication like how can you as a management figure out ways to get through a possibly slightly intoxicated individual's mind of like hey that's not okay Mm -hmm. because if you just kick them out of the club they're gonna go to the next place and do that again to someone else exactly agreed so I think it's just having, I think eventually what I would really like to see invest attention to is really just change the community mindset as far as nightlife and entertainment goes. And it's not just nightlife. I mean, I've definitely been a little bit dis- disconnected from, you know, more of the nightlife scene in the last two years. But even working in the entertainment industry, even working on like film sets and things like that, where I might be like the one makeup girl Uh, surrounded by you know 10 dudes that are a part of the crew Mm -hmm. you know so it's just kind of like we want to create more diversity in general within the industries and you know support more marginalized communities and make it make them more visible and create space for them and create space for women or people of color and so not just have like you know this boys club that we might have here in the city and make it so that you know, women, like women of color and those types of events are also seen and on the same level plane. Mm-hmm. And it, and do you think that they're getting squeezed out at the moment or do you feel like there's just not a seat at the table? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're being squeezed out. I would say that there's definitely places for that, but mm-hmm. definitely like, you know, it in not we don't necessarily see it in some of the major clubs like maybe like Q or... Aston or I don't even know <laughs> what clubs are doing things now. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it's interesting to see because you know you might go to a club and see a lineup, you know, of all guys, and then maybe one night a week they'll be like, oh, we have like this one female DJ or like you know all female lineup, and it's just like why not mix it up every night? Yeah, and so it's just kind of like creating that visibility of just being like it's not just like white cisgender males that are running the show. Like we want. We want other we want to see other types of people doing awesome things because there are people doing awesome things in the city that might not necessarily get the same amount of shine. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's more about creating a level playing field for everybody and um, being able to introduce people into spaces that they won't necessarily have been invited to in the first place. So how do we make that invitation happen? Um, I think it's really more about creating that awareness and making those connections. I think 
Um, what we are doing right now to invest attention is we are um, getting together this Amplify Alliance, which is more of a community of people that are doing creative things, not necessarily just in nightlife, but in the arts in general. So we have, you know, painters, we have DJs, we have, you know, makeup artists, muralists, videographers, photographers, creating those connections with people that, you know, maybe there's like, you know, somebody in the industry that is more, you know, maybe higher up and can actually take some, maybe a person of color, somebody in a more marginalized community or like even a homeless youth and train that person that might be interested in learning about the industry but may not have that foot in the door mm-hmm. and just making those connections with people so that they have that opportunity to grow and to learn and may, you know, eventually get to the point where they're successful and happy and thriving. Mm-hmm. I like it. What do you have coming up? Do you have any events coming up that we should check out on for our trilogy or for the other? Yeah. Um, so right now, Trilo- Trilogy is doing um, a monthly art walk that we're doing at Amber and Belltown. And so um, every month we have a good mix of like 10 to 12 artists of different mediums. We have clothing designers. We have painters, muralists, um, jewelry makers, sculptors, all kinds of cool stuff. So we do that every second Friday in Seattle, um, and it's from 6 to 10. So it's Since like, that's at Amber, is that a 21 and up? It is a 21 okay. and up. Um, I would like to do a more all-ages mm-hmm. event sometime in the future. It's definitely on um, on the, you know, something that's stirring up in the pot right now. But um, it's, yeah, so we do the art walks, and it's, so it's, it's 6 to 10, so it's a good, like, little pre-funk before you go out. Or, you know, maybe time to wind down if you don't necessarily <laughs> want to go out after Um and then um, we are doing a bigger launch, um, which will be more of a private party. But um, we're partnering with this really awesome uh, um, new cannabis company called Zaz. Um, and so um, they're going to be launching a campaign for us later this month um, so we can get a little more funding. Um, Invest Attention is a 501c3 nonprofit. So um, if you do want to donate, you can and get a tax write-off for it. Um, so we're going to be doing a launch campaign with Zaz, which is a really cool new cannabis company. Um, and it's um, majority female owned and ran, which is pretty unheard of in the cannabis community in general. Um, so it's pretty exciting for us um, to be able to partner with an organization. And um, I'm not sure the percentage, but every percentage of like their sale, a certain percentage of their sales will go directly to invest attention. So every time you buy a Zaz product, um, some of that money will go towards invest intention. So you nice. can know, you can um, buy consciously. Nice. I feel like we need to connect with whoever you think is the best person to chat with yeah. in that group and have them on here because we have a few uh, cannabis leaders in the area that we've done some episodes with that will come out this season. It would be really cool to connect with. For sure. So um, I think Natalie Schultz would, or Schultz should be a good person to connect with. I think she's also had some connections in nightlife as well. And nice. then and then Justice Rain. So um, he's also probably a good person to connect with who he's involved with Zaz as well as Invest Intention. He's the president of Invest Intention. So Yeah, I think you'd love to have Justice on here. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never had a real conversation with him, it's but he's something that's always intriguing. A hug, a hi, a, yeah. Yeah, yeah, in passing. He's definitely yeah. like an, an enigma, but he's also <laughs> a very cool person in general. He's very driven and, and I've from just from working with him, I've been like pretty inspired and you know, like I think that he's doing really great work and I'm really involved like excited to be involved in the part of part of that movement. 
It sounds like you are aligning yourself with some pretty awesome people because you are. And (laughs) I think that the fact that you're taking all of this nurturing aspect that you have and you're weaving it through your life in so many different ways must be really rewarding. And I think that you are a great role model for your daughter. Is she aware of all these things that you're doing? Are you kind of sharing some of that with her? Yeah, I I tried to get her involved in like charitable things. Um, We've definitely gone volunteering before. We've made like sandwiches for the homeless. And um, for the last few years, um, instead of getting presents for her birthday, we actually will collect food donations and uh, donate it to uh, like a local fish fish line. And so um, it's kind of... I, I think it's really been great for me just to see her perspective shift because a lot of the times I think as a small child, you don't necessarily see how good you have it. Um, and you might, you know, take things for granted, you know, having a roof over your head or, you know, having a meal um, on the table three times a day. And trying to explain that to her at a young age, I think that it's kind of a hard concept to grasp that not everybody has what she has Mm -hmm. but I think the more I take her out and I when you know one time we made sandwiches and she was able to hand you know like a brown bag out to a homeless person and just being like wow like they actually live out here like this and just like yeah you know um it's it's weird it's interesting to see that spark in her eye where she's just like whoa like mind just blown like well and teaching her to see them yeah unfortunately there's this like if we don't look at them they don't exist mentality and it seems like parents are so worried about sheltering their kids from the harms and the hurts and the sad things in the world that they kind of not really instruct but more through their own actions encourage kids to just look the other way and there's just a lot of people who aren't being seen or heard and um and then not everything's sunshine and rainbows all the time and that's okay and 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 they still deserve attention and and a sandwich (laughs) right and I I think that's also like a good way to just keep grounded Mm -hmm. because a lot of the times it is like I do like as as a mom I do want to protect her from like the scary things in life but at the same time you have to you can't coddle them too much because once reality hits them whenever you know they hit adulthood or whatever you know, you don't want that fall to to hurt because mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, yeah, you know, the world is scary and there aren't nice people out there. And, you know, but there's also really awesome people doing great things. And so you want to you want to highlight both the dark and the shot, you know, the dark and the light. Mm-hmm. And so finding that balance, it's it's interesting, even for me. Yeah, we're working on it constantly. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's something that you will work on through your whole life because I, I feel like there isn't really any solid balance in life. I feel, you know, it, it's, it fluctuates, and I think in my life, you know, it, it's just very fluid, and I think I'm in a really great place right now where I feel like I'm doing meaningful work, and I'm also feeling that gratitude inside of, you know, being able to take care of myself, taking care of my kid, and also taking care of my community. You're definitely doing that. And (laughs) how do you want to add your newfound college degree into that? So you said you're working on a marketing degree? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's still something that I'm kind of working on. I think when I first started my marketing program, it was more to just be able to say, I went to college, I did college, I did a degree, check 
check <laughs> check off my list of things to do. But yeah. I I think uh, that it'll I think it'll be really beneficial for me in the long run just to be able to, especially you know running my own makeup freelance business as well as um, now that I'm working with um, Trilogy and Invest Attention and um, really helping this organization grow because I really believe in the work that we're doing. Um, the marketing will definitely help and especially with the events that I'm throwing, um, trying to, you know, find new ways to get into like niches and um, reach reach out pe- reach out to people in different demographics. And so I, I think having that knowledge will be really helpful and have something under my belt that you know those credentials help mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. so um yeah I'm, I'm I'm honestly so excited to be done with school it's been like this like shadow looming over me for the last few years of just being like I need to do this and then I feel like some of the shackles will come off me a little bit and I might be able to go back into nightlife and enjoy myself a little more because I feel like I've been on this grind for for the last two years where people have literally been like where have you been? Like, we thought you moved away. You're not missing that much, <laughs> I will say. Like, we love to go out, but we've also become much pickier about the events that we are supporting. And I think when you're working in it, right, mm-hmm. when he's DJing, those ones we obviously have to go sure. to. And so he's picking and choosing the shows he really wants to do. And mm-hmm. we're obviously there for those. But outside of that, I mean, we're we're definitely a little bit picky these days about what events we're supporting in person. We're supporting a lot of right. people online <clears throat> and using social media to help to help people promote the their art and and what they're trying to achieve. But the actual energetics of in person support, right? Yeah, I think, and I think that looping back to the question they asked me about how can we get more marginalized communities mm-hmm. and um, people into spaces, I think a lot of that has to do with the support and being really conscious about um, your support. I mean, their organi- our organization is called Invest Attention because you want to invest attention to the things that you believe in and the things that you know uh, the communities and the people that are doing the work. And I think that when you really are conscious about it and think about, you know, like, do I necessarily want to go to this event? Um, what what does this organization or what does this group of people stand for? What do they believe in? Does it align with me? Um, and then just being more thoughtful about where you put your money to. Mm-hmm. So given the fact that... Uh, you are doing all of these things and you are just about to be free of your shackles of your <laughs> marketing degree. Uh, where do you see things going? Like, um, what are some, some goals that you are attempting to try to accomplish? Because I know the organization I'm sure has some goals in and of itself. Um, so maybe in line with those or just other things that you're like, this is where I want to see things going in the areas that I'm invested in. Yeah. Um, I think that um, career-wise, as far as my hair and makeup, I definitely want to stay creative and keep doing that because it, it is kind of my bread and butter and um, what pays the bills. But it's also something that I enjoy, and I feel like not a lot of people can say that they enjoy their go- going to their job every day. Um, so I feel very lucky to be able to do what I love every day and wake up and and do that. So I definitely want to continue that and, you know, see where the creativity takes me in that aspect as far as, you know, I I think that now that I've gotten to a point 
um, where I am a little more comfortable financially. I can start saying yes to more creative projects that, you know, don't necessarily pay the bills, but might be more creatively fulfilling. Um, so I want to keep doing that. Um, I honestly really love doing film work. And I think that I love just telling stories in general and learning about people. And, um, and so I definitely want to, I think there's ways that I can incorporate that into both aspects of my, you know, nonprofit work as well as my creative work in um, the hair and makeup and entertainment industries um, is being able to combine and tell, tell people stories and, um, you know, maybe make movies or, you know, like do like really more creative projects and, you know, interviews or things like that where I can really delve deeper into people and the work that they do because um, I'm definitely... I'm, I would say, I wouldn't say I'm an introvert, but I'm definitely like, I, I'm a hard nut to crack sometimes. And so I, I think a lot of the times I deflect by asking other people questions. Um, and so I, I want to be able to do more creative work. And even with the nonprofit and best attention, I, I really hope to see that grow um, just as an organization. Like right now we have a very small group of board members. Um, I'm a part of the board. And then I think we have about nine or ten other people um, involved in, in all aspects of um, various like creative industries. And so um, eventually we'd love to have more volunteers, um, more people involved, more um, more awareness and social impact events. Um, we would love to start doing more like happy hour type networking events where we can bring like really cool creatives and you know in the city that are doing awesome things and connect them and and hopefully eventually see it grow into more national level, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's justice. I'm sure that's justice's goal as well. But um, even for me personally, I'd love to see it grow and be able to go into other cities and be able to, you know, um, go into venues in different cities or even bigger festivals and organizations and do that kind of training so that it's just more of a like collective consciousness of people that are trying to be more actively... Um, involved in the work and um, being, you know, more inclusive and diverse and creative. Mm -hmm. Sweet. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) I'm excited about it. I, it gives me a little bit more purpose to go online now. I am in this, not anti-social media phase, but sort of where I, I really get negative and stressed being on there so (laughs) when I go on it's to post or reply or engage in very specific things and then I'm off and so I miss a lot of stuff and um but now I have my little list and I'll add that to my little list and go on and check out all that stuff that we should go to one of the art walks we go out on Thursdays a lot if he's playing or if we're supporting something and I like the idea of hitting up the art walk just before what ours is on Friday so oh it's on Friday so So it's like you know if you're planning on going to like you know a noise complaint event Mm -hmm. or whatever it may be like you know come and you know get a little happy hour before you go out I think it's like a really perfect pre-funk time is it always the same of of the same time each month or? yeah okay so it's second fridays six to ten at amber perfect yeah we have like a little jazz band playing and it's just, yeah, it's a fun vibe and it's a really creative vibe and i really love um what i really loved about these events is that i've seen not just people off the street connect with the people that we bring in but also artists connect with each other because like 
I think I was on Instagram the other day and I saw, you know, like a photographer that I had for an art walk connect with a painter that I brought in and he did her headshots. And I was just like creating that connection and community is really cool to just to see it unfold in person. And it's it's gratifying for me, too, because I feel like a lot of the times like I get in my head, like especially when I'm setting up for an art walk where I'm just two hours before the event, I'm just in this, like, this stress ball, you know? And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like, I hope everybody shows up on time. And even earlier this month when we had the snow, like, <laughs> uh, that threw, uh, threw a huge curveball at me. But, I mean, it ended up working out. We rescheduled the event, and it was great. Um, but it's, it's definitely, like, when you're curating an event like that, there is a lot of stress and responsibility that hangs over your head. And... I, I think a lot of the times people just look at me and they're just like, you need to relax. <laughs> people have no idea. They're like, oh, I want to throw events. That'd be really cool. And then you're in it and you're like, what was I thinking? Yeah, you're just like, you get in over your head. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, it's just like, you know what? It, it's going to be what it's going to be. And yeah. I have to kind of let the universe do its work. And it's it, it's hard sometimes because I can be very anal and I have to have things a certain way. And you know, I'm very organized and uh, it's it gets a little annoying. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I think I've tried, like, especially like this might be like our, I think the sixth or seventh event now for Art Walk. And so I, the first event I was a mess, but um, I've gotten a little like into my routine now where yeah. I know exactly what I need to do to set up and lead up to the event and like the marketing for it is, you know, it, it's pretty much, you know, put together I just kind of have to switch things around on the flyer a little bit every month and you know get the well, artist. that's just a monthly can you imagine the people who are doing a weekly, weekly and I, a monthly and random one off probably <laughs> just crawl into a corner and curl up in a ball and die well my, <laughs> my hope is people doing that that's like their full-time job oh. that's my hope because oh, for I sure. can't imagine I, I can't imagine do anything doing else. any yeah for sure like just creating an event a month is, is stress enough in between you know school and my freelance work and then also taking care of a kid um it's that's a lot yeah so um it, it's hard to find that balance sometimes that i like definitely if i was doing this on a more regular basis i i definitely would not be able to do anything else yeah that'd be your full full-time gig yeah. uh, so much respect to the people that throw events on the weekly or daily or whatever it may be <laughs> hats off to you yeah, we've been working now with so many different people who throw different types of events and, and then also in the festival world. And something always goes wrong. Mm -hmm. There's always this last minute craziness. and the, But the first couple of times we dealt with it, we we're like, man, what's wrong with these people? Why are they so unorganized? <laughs> Why are they so stressed out? And now we're like, oh, okay, we get it. Like, it's just it's just It's happens. just, you know, it's a part of, you know, life and it's mm -hmm. a part of the events like honestly like if if i had an event where nothing went wrong i would feel like <laughs> waiting for the other shoe I, I, I would literally yeah. be just like okay and <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do to stay balanced with it all do you have a self-care routine do you have anything that keeps you grounded and uh healthy with yeah, all that work i mean i've definitely um living back at home i think i've definitely found more of a, a self-care routine and I'm not so like go 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 anymore I, I like especially like you know when I was living um on my own in Seattle just with my kid I, I felt like there really wasn't as much of a balance and I, I I've always I kind of felt like I needed to do all of the things all of the time mm -hmm. which isn't necessarily healthy 
And so I think now, especially even at this past new year in 2018, I've definitely been a little more conscious about taking the time for myself and being introspective and being like, okay, how am I feeling today? You know, like, do I actually want to do this? And really listening to my intuition has been um, a big thing. Um, I've definitely gotten more into doing yoga and meditation, which also has been super, super helpful for me, just mental health wise and just physically. Is that the first time I met you? I feel I, like Sylvia brought you to a yoga class. I think here. So I think it was it? for my birthday. I think it was for your birthday. That just that all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, I know you through yoga. Cause I, when you guys were talking about how you met, I kept thinking, well, th- how did I meet you then? Was it just through Jordan? <laughs> right? But I yeah, feel like it I was, think it was for your birthday mm-hmm. and it was either a yoga and wine. Or... Yeah, it was a yoga and wine. Um, you know, I, and I may have probably seen you at some club in passing, but I, right. I, I think Didn't that register. was kind of the first time we connected was at the yoga class. So yeah, yoga Crazy. connecting people. Um, yeah, so self, self-care has definitely been like my mantra for the last years, just finding that balance and not feeling, and it's also important for me to not feel selfish about it either. Cause it's just like, you know what, if I can't even take care of myself, I can't take care of other people. Mm-hmm. So, um, taking the time, like, even if it's just to like, you know, put some like aromatics and salts in my bath and just soak for an hour and just like, you know, scroll through, <laughs> scroll through Instagram or something and just mm-hmm. like taking the time to kind of like, you know, uh, be with myself um, has been um, important to me and just being really conscious and, you know, like putting my phone away before I go to bed. So I'm not scrolling through Facebook or Twitter or whatever, like right before I go to sleep because you know, then I'm just going to lie in bed thinking about the last tweet that I saw or whatever mm. Trump is doing. And <laughs> it's just right. kind of like, yeah. you know, put down my phone, like read a book and like read a few pages, like, you know, put some lavender essential oils on my pillow and just fall asleep. Um, lighting candles and just like, you know, being really conscious about what I do for myself. Um so it's and that. it's the little things, too. Like you mentioned, a lot of people feel like there's this all or nothing mentality of if I can't go to an hour long yoga class, then I'm just not going to do any yoga today versus mm-hmm. yesterday. I think we did like an 18 minute move our body because <laughs> that was all we had time for. But it was like, all right, we can either we put our lunch in the oven. It was going to be ready in like 15 minutes and then we needed to pull pull it out and it could like sit for a few okay that's enough time yeah and so we're like let's move till the timer goes off then we'll pause and then you go take it out and then we got a couple more minutes after that to finish up and that felt good right and i even that 15 minutes can Mm -hmm. just make a world of difference yeah and yeah it's something like that even just doing yoga like when i first started i was just doing it at home and i was probably i was watching like yoga by adrian on Mm -hmm. youtube and something and you know, like, I, I think the first time I, I actually went into a studio, I was so nervous because, like, you're self-conscious. And just like, you know, what if I'm not moving correctly? And, like, luckily I went with a girlfriend and it was just, like, pretty chill, but it was a hot yoga class. And so <laughs> I literally, like, thought I was going to die. <laughs> yeah, and my challenge with that is there's so many people who 
think yoga is not for them because that was their first experience yeah. and i'm like no people there's so many there's don't a whole let it world scare you of away. yoga yeah you don't have to do it in a 105 degree room and it doesn't have to be an hour long and you mm-hmm. don't have to be surrounded by 30 skinny white girls like yep. there's a lot of different things that are yoga and yeah and, and i think that that's definitely a good point to have is just like even uh, my dad for example i got him into yoga this last year which has been really transformative for him like he lost like 20 30 pounds and he's just like you know it's his thing now where he has to do it every day and he's really conscious of it and so what are you just like who what how you know but that's the same like that's the same mentality that he had when i was first like yeah you know he's like you know complaining to me about like oh like i need to lose weight i'm just like why don't you try yoga like I really enjoy it. And it's not just like the physical aspect of it. It's the mental aspect mm-hmm. of it too. Or just meditating with yourself and and really like breathing and being with yourself. And so uh, when he like first started, it's like definitely not like, you know, you're like foo-foo yoga. It's like a little, like it's like DDP yoga. I don't know if you've heard of it. Yeah. Where it's, um, it's Diamond Dallas Diamond Page. Diamond Dallas Page. Oh, funny. Yeah. Oh, so it's hey, like this, whatever the doorway is. Yeah. It's like this ex wrestler, and I think yeah. that was something that was uh, you know a little more attractive to him because yeah. it's not just like some like skinny like what you're saying skinny mm-hmm. white girl teaching a class. It's like this like macho six year old dude, right? Yeah. That's like you know that he can relate to. Very so cool. I think when since he started that program, he's like really enjoyed is it. Is that just, just something he does online? He does it at home. Yeah. He has like this whole program and regimen that he follows. Very it's really. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like like two years ago I bought that was more than that. It was like three years ago now. I bought my dad a mat and a yoga block. Mm-hmm. Um and I like tried to I did like a private session with him and tried to like, you know, teach him some stuff to do, but he uh he came and did some stuff but he wasn't a big fan of it, you know. He likes a personal trainer and whatnot. Um but I'd be interested to send him some DDP type yeah. stuff and be like, Well, it's hey. not even so much that he didn't like it. I think he's he just needs somebody to take him through it. He doesn't have yeah. the confidence in it. And so, yeah, I wonder if he would like DDP. Yeah, because then he doesn't actually have to go talk to anyone. Yeah. He has an instructor to take him through it. Interesting. I mean, that's, that's like the big thing. There yeah. are people that have done great job by having things online i mean like she said that's how we do a lot of ours nowadays is yeah. through different stuff whether it's yoga glow or aloe moves like. when we bought lighting so i need to just do my own like it's so <laughs> funny because everyone's a lot of people start with yoga with adrian on yeah. youtube and and it's just been on my bucket list for a while to start doing videos it's just uh yeah just you know we don't have a good studio space to film yoga yeah it's a little tricky to find the right the right setup but in the environment yeah Mm -hmm. no i can totally see you doing it i think Mm -hmm. that'd be great there's a lot of content i want to put out into the world that's free because we have to do some things like teacher trainings and events that are paid for obviously Mm -hmm. because we need to pay the bills and buy groceries for teenagers which (laughs) bailey doesn't eat much but man jackson's like having a whole another i mean a teenage boy yeah so they literally have a hollow leg don't they i'm basically a teenage (laughs) boy and he is too yeah so the food costs around here we got to charge for some stuff but i would like to put out free content into the world that um is just sharing uh, yeah and, and I think a lot of what scares people is like accessibility of it too it's mm-hmm. just like it is kind of scary to walk into a yoga studio yeah. where you don't know anybody and you might not necessarily know the etiquette or the right things to do um, luckily I have a really great like yoga community mm-hmm. like over on my set of water and 
um it's been really great because i i help with a little of the marketing there too and Mm -hmm. um so um it's been fun because like you do find like a diff like a different community of people Mm -hmm. like especially different walks of life and like you know you're like connecting thing maybe yoga or meditation and it's like interesting to to be able to learn about people on that level and see what makes them tick um and then also just like the physical aspect of it too is really great because like I will walk out of a yoga class like even if I don't necessarily want to go in the first place but you know I I force myself or you know tell myself you know I go because I know that you're going to feel better after this Mm -hmm. and it really is helpful to just start my day with some movement or meditation or whatever it may be because I just feel so much more focused afterwards like I I don't feel as guilty like days that I don't get into yoga I physically feel like tight like mm-hmm. I feel like it's just kind of like oh like I wish I did some movement today or like whatever because your it, body starts to crave it yeah, yeah I do I crave it like especially on you know days where I might be on a shoot for like three or four days where I'm literally like up at four or five a.m and then working until six how and old are you I'm 27 I'll be 28 in June just wait <laughs> <laughs> just wait I would say like that was really noticeable for me after 35 all of a sudden or even 30 I was starting to go I need to do something every day and then 35 is like if I don't do something every day one my uh, depression is literally just you know trying mm-hmm. to envelop me and then two my, it just hurts my body hurts it doesn't yeah. feel good if I don't do something and, and it could be five or ten minutes um I, I mean, I used to do two-hour practices. Like, it was nothing, and, I, and it would make me so... But it's it's not like you're imagining. Like, it's not, like, yeah. hard for two hours. It's just, you know, a very balanced practice for two hours. But um, now I'm, like, the random times where I even get a full hour, and I'm like, <laughs> yes, that was so yeah. good. It does but, feel really good. And then yeah. you're just lying in Shavasana for, like, 15 minutes, and it's just like... yeah you're reborn (laughs) Mm -hmm. like okay now I can take it all on Mm -hmm. but I but I also know that I don't have to take it all on (laughs) yeah and I think it's that mental balance Mm -hmm. of it that really helps and just being able to let shit go sometimes Mm -hmm. because you know what I might not be able to change all that's bad in the world but you know if I can just make just a little dent you know that's that's what counts yeah well, it definitely sounds like you are well on your way. <laughs> well, thank you so much for chatting with us. And I think that um, there's more I want to chat with you about off of yeah. here. But is there any <laughs> last little things that you want to share or get out into the world? We'd like to think of this podcast as an opportunity to manifest as well. So if there's anything that you just want to put out into the world and um, declare Oh, <laughs> man. Um, I, I definitely would say, like, if you're listening, um, definitely check out Invest Attention. Check out our work. And um, it's it's really, I, I think there's a little something for everybody. Like, even if you want to volunteer or just donate to the cause, um, we're at investattention.org. Um, and on Instagram and Twitter, it's in, at investattention. Um, check it out. Um, if you're interested in getting involved, please contact us because um, we really want this community to grow and we want to get more creatives in the city involved. Sweet. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, yeah. you guys. This yeah. was fun. Thanks for coming out. Alrighty. Bye. <laughs> Peace. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.